21 Handshake. And I'm Ashley, a project manager at 21 Handshake. I'm Alex, in charge of visual content. On this podcast, we share anything from social media news to tips on how to use social media and just digital marketing in general. If you're looking for information on how your B2B can adopt digital marketing, you have come to the right podcast. Let's dive into this week's topic, Twitter. This is a social media giant that I feel like people either love or they hate or they still don't even really just understand it. It's fast-paced news. It's a much different platform than Instagram or Facebook or even, say, LinkedIn. Um, most B2Bs aren't sure how to use it or even if they should invest time in using it. And I will say, even as an agency ourselves, we've kind of scaled back in using it as other platforms have become more popular. There's a lot of mystery and confusion surrounding this. I even feel a little more out of touch with Twitter than I used to be, just again, as other social media platforms have ramped up and Twitter's kind of taken more of a backseat. But there's always a but, right? <laughs> Twitter has been huge on gaining traction with live streaming of major sporting events, which kind of says to me, hey, we're still a force to contend with, we're still around. Alex, I know you keep up to date more on the sports than probably Ashley or I. Why is this such a big deal that they continue to stay at the forefront of live streaming? And how does even that play in to why a B2B should still care about Twitter? Well, I think the, the biggest reason why Twitter is still around, and the, it's, it may not be as prevalent as the other platforms today, but there, there's a reason it's still here. Like there are still a lot of people that do use it, and it has it's filled a certain niche extremely well. well I guess a couple things. There's live streaming, and there's also it's just it's far and away really the best platform to do like quick interactions with your end consumer and actually talk to them and hang out with them. Not be selling necessarily, um, but just having normal conversations the way that you would face to face. Um, but anyway, the I think the. The live streaming part is really huge, and I think it was a pretty natural step for them just because, especially in the sports world, there's still a huge audience there. Um, a lot of sports news is pretty short, quick. It's not like this long-form editorial-type content. It's like just kind of a quick update. It's there. And because there are so many eyeballs there, I think it made sense for there to be a fairly natural progression towards just providing viewable, like live viewable content there as well because so many people are consuming videos as it is there, or, or short form content, whatever it may right. be, that it was a, a pretty natural jump. Right. So I guess even in that aspect, if you're a B2B with maybe more of a male audience, um, not saying that women don't watch as much sports. I'm just, wow, well, I'm really pigeonholing here. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a woman and you really love sports and you're on Twitter, I apologize. But it seems like maybe... Um, you know, maybe if you're more of that male-dominated B2B, then even keeping an eye more on why Twitter is going after more of the sports market is important as well, because that means that audience is also your audience and vice versa type of thing. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I think, like, case in point, the, probably the, the fastest-growing sports, like, journalist brand in the world is, is Barstool Sports. Maybe you guys have heard of that. Mm. And it is, like, it is they use Twitter for like the quintessential purpose of what it was created for, and that was like constant interaction with their fan base. Right. They're retweeting people, they're talking to people, having one-on-one, like getting into it with like arguing, uh, like retweeting jokes, all the stuff they, like they have, if you want a really good example of how to use Twitter, 
go check out any of those guys. Or, 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 or and what was that account. name again? Barstool Sports. Barstool Sports. Um, and it's it's extremely relatable. That ergo the barstool part. It's right. not it's not sports analysis like you get on ESPN or like one of these larger kind of more I say quote unquote normal news sites. It's a lot more just kind of like these guys that would get together in a bar scene, sit on some bar stools right. and just chat sports. Right. It's a little more connection. I think, you know, like on ESPN, it's like you have the broadcasters, they're way up here, but then you have the people on Twitter and you feel like you can actually talk to them. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. ESPN, everyone's on there in suits looking really nice Mm -hmm. and like scripted and right. Exactly. So it's still a force to contend with, um, at least on this live streaming. And I do find it very interesting that as I looked into this and Twitter for years, it was kind of like it exchanged CEO hands and, you know, they were making changes and we're improving and we're not. And it seemed like that got a little murky, like maybe a year or two ago. But then they did publish at the end of Q4 in 2017 that they were making a profit, which really then kind of raised kind of stocks and everyone kind of, oh, Let's take a look at Twitter again. What's going on over there? And then also, um, it led advertisers to spend more. And I always feel like where money is going, so should maybe your attention, you know? So, but does the good outweigh the bad, Ashley? Because there are some huge things on Twitter that people are leery of. Yeah, so I think going back to your point, about this time last year, Twitter was really struggling to gain users. Um, It was very stagnant. There weren't a lot of new users. People were losing interest, and they were losing interest fast. I think one thing that really contributed to that was the amount of um, trolls on there. And so for those who are unfamiliar... And these aren't the happy trolls from that movie. (laughs) And for those who are unfamiliar, trolls are more or less defined as um, people on social media platforms who um, post, like, derogatory or, like inflammatory yeah um, just be mean okay yes, they're mean they, girls they, they <laughs> want to spark an emotional reaction um out of people and so um i think the increased trolls i mean twitter is a platform where you can easily troll because it is for the most mm-hmm. part anonymous um i mean you have a profile but you can really make that profile right. whatever there is no um like you can be as anonymous as you want. And so that made um, trolls on Twitter very, very prevalent. Um, and recently, actually last week, they just came out and said that they um, have a shadow ban plan, which... Whoa, that's kind of like Instagram territory, right? right? right. So um, the definition of shadow ban is more or less, you know, um, preventing that kind of content to be in people's feeds. Okay. So, um, which... Is it, as everything on social media is very controversial. Um, I think the whole, I think Twitter's goal with this plan was really to clean it up. They okay. want to make it easier and um, more positive environment. Like Alex said, it should be a place where people can interact and communicate, you know, quickly and, right. and easy. And I think the presence of trolls made that really difficult and not very okay. fun. Um, and so I think that's their goal with this shadow ban plan is to really um, knock that kind so of behavior off the platform. So shadow ban is, in essence, if you use a hashtag that is shadow ban, say, mm-hmm. 
I know this is a silly one on Instagram. I'll use that as an example. Eggplant. <laughs> I guess you could take that inappropriately. So say you yeah. use hashtag eggplant. It's shadow banned. Mm-hmm. Suddenly your account is not being seen in followers' feeds. Is that basically Correct. And we could probably have a whole podcast about right. the, the shadow ban topic. It, it's pretty prevalent right now. But um, yeah, I think specifically more geared towards Twitter, it has to do with, um, yeah, those negative words um it's automatic uh posts so things like bots or um etc etc okay but yeah so with the shadow baiting i think this is an opportunity um for twitter like you said they're making a profit now things are looking up for them finally for the first time i think in about a year yeah i think it was last june that they were really struggling um and so I think Twitter is going to have a second win, is what I'm saying. And I think for businesses especially, this could be a good opportunity. Yeah, why why do you think that? Do you think a B2B business should be on Twitter? Is it still worth the time investment? Because we all are short on time, and there are so many social media channels. So is it still worth the investment to be on there? So I just wanted to mention one thing just in in relation to what Ashley was just talking about. Like, I think... Just speaking from personal experience, and this is totally qualitative opinion, not quantitative, but I, I definitely feel like Twitter over the last half year has gotten cleaned up. I get definitely get followed by less spam accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like there's a lot more virality than there used to be on Twitter. Like, even a few years ago, if you saw something that had like seven, 8,000 retweets, I was like, oh man, like that went viral. That was a big yeah. deal. Now, like regularly see retweets in like the 150,000, 200,000 range, you know, with like 500,000 likes on it. Um, and I, I don't know, maybe they, they change their algorithm or they're just like letting cert, like more viral content show up in more people's mm-hmm. feeds or something. Um, but I think that is really cool. And I think also just the going back to the live streaming thing really quick, like it's I think they were actually the first platform to do live streaming. It was via Periscope. Oh, yep. right. Is that even still around? Yeah, Periscope. they okay. Periscope. I think is their like dedicated live streaming partner. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Um, but then, like, you have organizations like the MLS who just signed like their new live streaming deal to to do it via Twitter. They pulled it from Facebook, who a lot of people consider like the big player in live right. streaming now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so it, it shows like they. A lot of people think Twitter's dying. I wouldn't say it's dying. It's probably just not growing as quickly. But they still have, like, they definitely have, you know, tricks up their sleeves still. Yeah. Because they're not, the, the MLS wouldn't willingly go to Twitter if it felt like it was going to be negative towards their brand or if it wouldn't help them grow. Well, yeah, no, and I think that same thing, too, because I find it really interesting that they had the NFL, now they have MLB, you know, I think soccer, I think, was I heard mentioned, too, and I know in America, you know, like soccer, but in a lot of other countries, it's a big deal, you know, so these are big deal that Mm. this is, like, all that Twitter is kind of wooing over to them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... I guess in my perspective, Twitter does um, a lot of, something's right and something's wrong. Um, I think one of the best things about Twitter is their ability to gain um, a large audience. And those audiences are so specific. Mm-hmm. So I would say, obviously, there's the younger generation who, who loves Twitter um, for the funny content, the viral content, you know, 
being able to communicate right. with your friends and make jokes, blah, blah, blah. Um, but also something, and, and this is probably just from like my, my public relations background, but um, the media is on Twitter mm. and their job is on Twitter. Um, a lot of them like get press releases that way or um, receive like corporate business updates that way, stock updates. There is a very professional and business side to Twitter. Um, as long as you know you're in that community, right? You're following those kind of people, and they're following you back. You really kind of can create your own community, and I think that's where the opportunity for these B2B businesses lie. And I, I think also, I'm just going to squeeze in there. I think <laughs> especially for those, like the exact situation they're talking about, the fact that Twitter is still chronological is, yeah. Ext- yeah. is so, so integral, I think, to a lot of their success within some of these mm-hmm. like niches that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Right, definitely um, makes it stand out a little bit from the others, which the algorithm, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, chronological kind of have gone by the wayside. Yes. Um, and it seems like, Ashley, back to your PR, like I have heard that a lot of reporters actually prefer that they are contacted on this Twitter via versus doing the traditional email mm-hmm. or phone call. Like they, that's their kind of preferred method of yeah. communication. So true. So, so, yeah, I think from a B2B perspective, um, and like anything, we would tell any business this way. Like, first of all, make sure your audience is on Twitter because yeah. that may or may not be exactly. True. Um, but I do think that there is a lot of professionalism and and people that you want to be interacting with on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll use my past job as an example. Um, I used to work for a nonprofit company, and you know we use Facebook to engage a younger audience. We used um, Instagram again, the younger audience. Um, Facebook, you know, you can get a little bit right. older, but Twitter specifically, what we use to engage um, the st- the shareholders, okay. the local business leaders, the media, um, the board, you, right. you know, p- influential people, yeah. um, because that, they live on Twitter, I, um, and so I do think there is an opportunity there for B2B. Well, yeah, and I think it comes back to, as well, people are used to seeing that little bluebird. Mm-hmm. It's not something new. You know, like, even if they don't quite understand it, they know that it's Twitter. Mm-hmm. And they kind of just expect it out of a brand, I think. Like, oh, yeah, they're on Twitter. You know, like, they just kind of like, oh, okay, you're a brand. You just need to be on that social media mm-hmm. because now I just expect and I think especially this comes down to if you are involved at all with any type of customer service at your business. That was going to be another Most people feel like on Twitter, and I know even for myself to use this personally, um, because of its open nature of Twitter mm-hmm. and you can easily contact a brand, mm-hmm. um, you can get a little if you have an issue. You can yeah. post it and expect that you are going to hear right back from the I brand. think this is a really big like B to C expectation mm-hmm. at this point. Um, if you are a big brand and you, you have to be on Twitter, yeah. Twitter is your new customer service. And I have seen corporations who have full departments of people just filled with people responding on Twitter. Yeah. Because that's a lot of consumers preferred communication method now especially when they have a problem well i'm going to go to twitter and everyone's going to see it and so i'm going to get a response like that and it works and it does work i've used it quite a bit and i'll say that i'm a little shame you know maybe i've gone off a few times 
But it's because it does work. Mm -hmm. You hear back from them immediately. No one wants to call the customer service line anymore when they no. can get a response just like that on Twitter. Right, without really being confrontational, yeah, <laughs> you right. know. So, and I think though, like you said, but where that trickles down maybe some B2C, we expect that mm -hmm. out of everybody nowadays, whether yes. you're B2C or B2B, we expect that level. Mm -hmm. So also sort of along the lines of customer service, I think we've talked a lot about how Twitter is super useful from an interactive purpose, yeah. like a one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. scalable interaction platform. But what I think is like maybe just as important is just using it as a listening platform. Oh, like yeah. for ex mm -hmm. if, if you're a certain company working in a certain niche, like uh, I'll just use like Delta Airlines for example. Like you just search like hashtag flying, hashtag traveling, seeing what people are mm -hmm. talking about. Um, and then that can that can fuel your content, or you know you can maybe discover like a, a new type of content that's coming out or something, exactly. and kind of like just listening and seeing what other people are talking about. Yeah, like I would say that in that sense, Twitter is probably the best platform at I that. Totally, agree. exactly. No, mm -hmm. I many times have researched on there about different items just because I know that it's going to be mm -hmm. the latest news. The you know. Um, yeah good competitor research mm -hmm. as well you can use that for. I think as a general thing too, like any business we talk to, my first suggestion would be go on every single social media platform, especially the big ones, including Twitter, and claim at least your business's account. Exactly. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, claim. Because yeah. you don't want someone else to. <laughs> well, exactly. Or then you wait, and then you're stuck with some weird, like, yeah, my name is this dash, this mm -hmm. dash, one, two, three. And then no one can exactly. really find you because it's really confusing. There's, like, yeah. there's very much something to, from an aesthetic purpose, of having, like, your Twitter handle the way it should yes. be. Not yes. having to be, like, dash, or word, fight underscore, for it. like. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Because um, somebody else took it. <laughs> I, I, I think everybody should also, especially like if you have a more popular name, like mm -hmm. trying to own your URL to your oh, like, specific sure. name. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know that's a lot harder for some people than for others. Like right. for me, Alexis Vizilis is not <laughs> taken yet, and I don't really foresee it being taken. And he does. <laughs> right, yeah. But yeah, there is, there is that. So I would say, like you said, Ashley, like get on there, and then I think you are probably going to follow that up with, get on all of them, claim your name, but then see what works right. for yes. to determine how much time investment. I mean, yep. we have some clients that don't post daily, but they post maybe a couple times a month, so they still are relevant on there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it just isn't a priority, but they still want to look like, so if someone comes to their account, oh my gosh, they haven't posted since 2014, never mind, I'm not gonna even bother, you know, mm -hmm. staying or following them. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say even if that's your strategy, that can still work. Agreed. Mm -hmm. As well. So, uh, I'm all, this is kind of a side note. I'm also very curious, like for sort of what you're talking about is sometimes I like I'll see brands who who are like definitely active on Twitter for a while. Maybe they maybe they kind of like cut back because Twitter wasn't being as useful or anything right. anymore. But like really big brands, sometimes they like sort of abandon Twitter, and you'll see like the last tweet came in like 2015 or something like that. I just wonder, like, did their strategy change? Did they, like, maybe they had to, like, shut down their Twitter department or something yeah. like that? I'm always very curious, like, what the story behind situations like that is. Why did, like, these huge brands just abandon it? Right, yeah. Is there a specific one that comes to mind? No, I can't think of one right now, but I, like, very distinctly remember, like, 
experiencing just that. It was like big brand who on other platforms had a lot, a lot of followers. Maybe they just found that they were, they were getting a lot more ROI or engagement. I don't know out of other ones. Right. Their time, but I think that's always very interesting, the strategy behind why certain companies do things. But Exactly, yeah. Yeah, like you said, they could have just devoted their time to something else or the department fell apart or, or something yeah. happened or backlash from investors or something. Um, yeah, so we would love to know if your business is on Twitter. Um, how you're using it, is it working, is it not? Do you feel like it is still relevant um, for a small, maybe to mid-sized B2B to be on? Um, or is it maybe just, just expected that you're on Twitter? We would love to know. Um, also, you can check out our Twitter, see how we're using it, as well as follow us on all social media at 21Handshake. 